0: Twitter, I'm Carson Sestouli. This is Fangrav Studio. My like, guest on this edition of Fangrav Studio, making his fortnightly appearance in the program. This is his fortnightly appearance, formerly served as a Pirates beat reporter for the Pittsburgh Tribune Review. He's also author of Big Data Baseball. It's Travis Sochik, the prolific Travis Sochik, the very gentle and kind Travis Sochik. In this edition the program, as he frequently does, Sochik examines matters close to his heart uh, or uh, otherwise germane to his interests not just as a baseball writer, but as a thinker. Uh, For example, we examine some spaces, human and otherwise, in Cleveland, Ohio, or the greater Cleveland area, including the arcade in Crocker Park. We discuss at some point uh, the book, tentatively titled The Makeover Machine, that he's co-authoring with the Ringers, Ben Lindbergh. that will look at, uh, I guess, both something like player development, something like player development in the game of baseball. We also discuss Trevor Bauer, a.k.a. Tyler Bauer and or Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer, spin and foreign substances, all matters of some relevance to Travis Sochik's experience of the world. We will get to that conversation momentarily, but first, it is both my pleasure and also my professional obligation to announce that Fangraphs memberships exist for reasonable sum. Readers of Fangraphs.com can support the great work that appears in those electronic pages and for a slightly less reasonable sum. Not unreasonable, just slightly less reasonable. Those same readers can acquire an ad-free membership, which allows one to browse Fangraphs.com Without the burden of banner ads, not only facilitating faster loading speeds, but also liberating one from the tyranny of advertising. And also from the distortive effects of advertising. Fangraphs membership and ad-free membership. Available at uh, Fangraphs.com by going to that URL and then clicking around. That's how you get there. With that advertisement now complete, let us move on to a conversation. What is it? It is Fangraphs Audio. Who does it feature? The prolific and delightful Travis Sochik And When Does It Begin? For the ambient noise behind you, <laughs> what, what I'm trying to hear? figure out, I'm trying to figure out the the arcade in Cleveland. Okay, what is this place?
1: Uh, it's it's like one of America's first indoor malls, I think. Right? Is it's it fun- high end? I think it used to be, and now it is. There's a couple restaurants in there, some businesses. You could rent the space for. Uh, for weddings, for events. Uh, but it, it's a beautiful building.
0: It photographs well, but yeah. the businesses seem um, a bit on the silly side. Is that fair?
1: I think there's a lot of available commercial space in that building.
0: Yeah. And why? How come it doesn't just function as a mall, where people are like, yeah, let's go to the atrium?
1: I think because this uh, there's a lot of suburban malls, mm-hmm. and that they 've taken away from attempts to uh, to create urban urban malls mm-hmm. uh, I do think more people are moving back into the city, and I know like a- apartment lease rates are at record highs, that sort of thing but I, I think you know, the whole uh, suburban sprawl phenomenon really really hurt the core the core city uh, ability to produce malls, commercial shopping, that's what sort of It's
0: thing. a I mean it's a really beautiful space. It, it feels is. a bit I, like a, if I may, um, and I only say this because I've been to Europe, Travis. <laughs> uh, it feels a bit <laughs> like a, like a European a European uh, rail station.
1: Uh, yeah, it was it's well crafted. And yeah. I don't I don't think we have the ability to make things like this anymore. <laughs> I tell you. Whoever well, I made to, this building, yeah. I, I don't. I think these skills have been lost.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, to answer that question, John Eisenman was the, is the answer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The answer is uh, John Eisenman. He also made the main building. Does it? Does any of this make sense to you for Case School of Applied Science? Uh. uh well, 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 that Case would Western be Case Reserve. Western Reserve. Yeah. So yeah. local
1: college. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He made the main building for that. Yeah. There's some beautiful. There's some
1: beautiful buildings in Cleveland.
0: Yeah, I was curious because I was listening to a program uh, wherein Drew Carey was being interviewed,
1: Mr. Cleveland.
0: <laughs> 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 he was. Uh, if you had to bet, would you get? Would you say that Drew Carey does or does not have an honorary degree from Case Western Reserve? I bet he does. I was just, well, you called them, because I was, so you said Mr. Cleveland. In my head, I thought Dr. Cleveland. Dr. Cleveland. Yeah, and uh, then I said, maybe he actually is Dr.
1: Cleveland. Tomato, tomato, yeah.
0: Yeah. But it, no, no, but it's not like, it's not like tomatoes went to more, <laughs> to way more school than tomatoes. <laughs> is that how you think of it? Do you think of uh, one of the others being educated?
1: I believe tomatoes is a, a higher level of education. Anyway, we're getting, we're getting sidetracked
0: here. <laughs> sidetracked from what? <laughs> from the, what, the important thing, which is Drew Carey's honorary degree. Uh, Kent State University. Yeah. He got an honorary degree from Kent, okay. Kent State. Okay. Yeah. Which is actually a place I believe that he... I believe he actually had attended uh, school there and then did not uh,
1: graduate. My brother-in-law just shared a, a link to a story about how, punk rock, might trace its origins to Kent State.
0: Mm. Yeah. Is that because Johnny Rotten was a professor there?
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, I have, actually haven't clicked on it yet, but I
0: intend to. You know who you said this is your brother-in-law? <laughs> yes. Oh. Yes. Uh, do you get along with your brother-in-law? I do. Yeah. Oh. that wife's wife's brother.
1: My sister's husband.
0: Your sister's husband. Okay. Yeah. You can't control who she marries. No. No. But, but uh, yeah, you no. think she did, she did an okay job. So, you know. We were pleased with the match. <laughs> were you? A, did, were you ever? Uh, did you have a punk rock period? Not to suggest that you'd be, not to say you'd be out of it. Uh, but did you ever have a period during which a punk rock music you felt? Uh, was articulating audibly what you were feeling inside travis
1: uh, not really, I never had a period like that did you i did you seem rebellious yes yeah I could see i had a that.
0: period during i had an, uh, i had an angry an angry stage of my life
1: yeah oh and you 've left this stage
0: uh, <laughs> predominantly yes okay yeah <clears throat> yeah predominantly yeah i was a, I was a bit angsty and uh, uh, yeah, got uh, became pretty fond of that uh, punk music. Also, as uh, recently unpack- uh, unpacking some boxes that I my father had given me after some time, I found a large collection of uh, Thrasher magazines. <laughs> you might know that in them as a skate mag. Um, <laughs> a skate mag from when were you? From, were you a skater? Well, that's the most embarrassing part. And uh, is that or I did was you not?
1: You just like the aesthetic
0: precisely <laughs> well, it I was well so I was working in a somewhat uh, uh, i was i was a bit isolated in maine and there was a uh, a little store nearby and the the uh, it was very much like a small town main store, but they did sell one product which appealed to my sensibilities at the time, and that was Thrasher magazine <laughs> yeah even though I did not. I was never successful as a skateboarder. I did identify with skate culture. (laughs) Yeah. Would uh, you go to,
1: like, the local skate park and watch and wonder?
0: (laughs) No. (laughs) I never really lived in a place uh, where I could walk around, Travis. Ah. That was the worst part. You've remedied that. Very much so. Walkability has become a priority in my adult life. You have some human spaces you can enjoy. (laughs) That's right. They're all around me. (laughs) <laughs> I know that you enjoy. Uh, well, you walking. explained
1: you explained what a human space is to me, correct?
0: Yeah, I think that was me. Yeah. yeah. Did we yeah. find some of that in downtown Cleveland on Third Street or something?
1: Yeah, there's there's some human spaces there. Yeah. Uh, there's I, I think Crocker Park has some human spaces where, where I am at at the moment recording this. Yeah,
0: wait, yeah could you uh, before a live
1: yeah. studio audience at Barnes and Noble? <laughs> 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 an annoyed, okay, wait, Bark, <laughs> an annoyed live audience.
0: This is a cro- uh, Crocker Bark Is this this is the kind of like um, fabricated? I I don't know. I don't mean to. Uh, right. Yes. Dismiss it entirely, but it was all built. It was not built in any sort of haphazard or accidental fashion. It is a. It is a planned central base. Yes, yeah. just
1: like you prefer central planning. Mm, right. Uh, yeah, and it's uh, yeah. So it is fabricated. It is not an organic uh, town. But I did. I do think they did a nice job with the place. Yeah. Uh, American greetings is out here. A lot of condos. It's a good mixed-use retail, uh, uh, you know, residential space. Did you uh, think a you'd lot ever of, relocate? There's some Cleveland, park? Uh, maybe when I'm when I don't want to take care of a yard any longer. Uh, no, but there's uh, there's some Cleveland Indians that live out here. It's a happening place. That's Close right. to the airport. Yep,
0: central. You don't get there's as a much snow. There,
1: there's a over on the west side. There's a Trader Joe's
0: here. Yeah, uh, looks like they, there's a Trader Joe's. Looks like you can get. Uh, looks like you could visit Dick's when you're out there too. Is that right? You can. You can, and uh, you'd be happy to know there's an
1: IMAX here also.
0: Right. I, I well, I don't know. if... Yeah, yeah. Do you do you go to the the IMAX ever? Uh,
1: I not I go to Cinema 16 on occasion to watch to watch a film. Uh, yeah. There, ever, everything everything you need is within a one mile radius of the point. You where You ever brought I am.
0: Sam to an IMAX film?
1: We've brought him to a couple films, but not an IMAX. We need to get him to an IMAX experience. But what,
0: how did he uh, seem? How did he react to? How does he react to films in general? Uh, Big fan.
1: We took him to Cars Three, and right. yeah, he his attention span was you know pretty good. We went to like the it was the first morning start time of been Two for a movie. For a movie, uh, yeah. yeah. There weren't many people there, which is good. But he stood up most of the time in the aisles and walked up and down the steps, but no one was there, uh, so yeah, it was fine.
0: It's well, that showtime time is like specifically designed for children, right? I think so. So I think they yeah. can be a bit, um, they can be a, they can behave a bit like children. Now, are you recording this outside? I'm inside. No. You're inside the Barnes & Noble. I, if
1: I feel like I'm annoying someone, I yeah. will move outside, but I don't see any, I'm sort of on the second tier of seating, mm-hmm. and I don't see anyone around.
0: No, uh, no one, no one appears to be making any stick faces in your direction? No, uh.
1: I actually do quite a bit of writing here uh, just for, to, fan, for, 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 for <laughs> com because I get tired of being in my house. I like to change up the environment. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I go to, like, the local uh, coffee shop. Yeah. But I kind of like to, you know, I'll, I'll go look through magazines. Sometimes I'll buy one. I like the iced coffee here. So, yeah.
0: That's a brilliant uh, look into your... Pr- your your process, yeah, Travis.
1: This, uh, this is how the sausage is made. Yeah, a lot. A lot yeah, no, no, no. Will... This is where the sausage is made. <laughs> <You> know,
0: <laughs> you know. A lot of times, people would be like, "How do I become? How do I become a uh, a, ball, a ball a baseball writer?" Yeah, <laughs> right. You're um, you're unmasking uh, <laughs> right in, right now. Yeah.
1: So if anyone's out there, uh, I know this isn't a live show, but
0: no. yeah, come out and see me. <laughs> It looks like there looks like you could sit outside here at Crocker Park, at least in August of 2017 when this Google map was, uh, yeah, and it's, I can verify it was also the case in August 2015, but not, uh, no, uh, also October 2015. So so really, you could sit outside there um, at least any time between August and October, between the 8th and 10th month of the year.
1: You could. It's a lovely day today, and should I need to? Should I be mm-hmm. asked to leave, I will they have mm-hmm. some nice, like, lawn furniture out there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's great. That's great. Barnes & Noble. You yeah. know,
1: <laughs> um, can I say something about magazines? This probably, being in a Barnes & Noble probably offends your sensibilities, I would imagine. You would want, this is sort of like a corporate entity thing, generic, mm-hmm. and I imagine you're more of an organic, support the local business Type place and I, I uh, have two responses. that sort of thing. Yeah.
0: I had two responses to that. One is, you're absolutely correct. <laughs> but number two is that what offends my sensibilities more is that you've diagnosed my sensibilities correctly in this particular case. <laughs> <laughs> that's more. That's worse. Um, yeah, yeah uh, I, I don't like necessarily like to. But you're not offended. You you don't care. You, you does it not bother you? You look past it.
1: Supporting the the corporate man, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I try to avoid it in some cases, but I, I like Barnes and Noble. I'm not mm-hmm. ashamed to say it.
0: If I, if you were to walk around that Barnes and Noble locate uh, Barnes and Noble location, and you were to go to the sports section, yes. Do you think that you'd be able to find Big Data Baseball? <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, I suspect there might be a copy or two over there.
0: Yeah. Do you think that? Um, at some point, um, that's the sort of place where you could find a book titled The Makeover Machine. <laughs> Travis Sochick.
1: And I sure hope so. Because hey. because if it didn't appear here, that means uh, Ben Lindbergh and I had a terrible falling out. Or, mm-hmm. it, or it was never published. Uh, yeah, so I sure hope we find it over here in about a year.
0: Now, I don't expect you to confide uh, everything in me, Travis. <laughs> But imagine my surprise when to, when I was recently using social media platform Twitter.com, <laughs> and I came across and I came across an announcement that you would be writing a book with Ben Lindbergh.
1: It was was that offensive <laughs> to, well, to find out on social media platform. Uh, well, I'm sorry that you had to find out that way. Uh, mm. I, I will say this was sort of a secret, I think, and. Uh, so we didn't share it with many people until we shared it with everyone
0: what uh tell me do you have a what do you you must have some sort of elevator pitch for this sort of thing uh or you should develop one soon for, for the audience
1: like yeah. oh, we should talk about this book we're going to write yeah uh, <laughs> you're giving me an opportunity i guess i should take you up on it yeah i think yeah I'm sorry. I, I mean, didn't. wait. Can we just first of all? I'm sorry I didn't tell you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't tell you.
0: I mean, are we to assume that Ben Lindbergh is going to be doing the heavy lifting here? Is that is that is that fair to assume?
1: He'll probably do everything. I'm just a face for the operation.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Once again, Travis Satchik is reduced to just, to just being a pretty face, uh, coasting.
1: Yeah. So this project is. You know, I've you, you're reading from
0: your notes, Travis. You got to come up. You got to come up and talk yeah. to us here.
1: Okay. So we think player development has kind of been is the big new thing. We're seeing all these people change their swings, design new pitches, and this idea of what talent is is sort of being turned on its head. Players are reinventing themselves. Uh, players are more malleable than we ever thought, mm-hmm. and players are, have sort of been empowered by. Information and challenging convention and, you know, the whole Moneyball, every baseball book gets compared to Moneyball. But, uh, you know, we're 15 years out. Every front office is kind of thinking the same way. It's hard to find competitive advantages at the margins of uh, player acquisition. So it's more about player development, we think. And uh, so we decided this is a big enough idea to, to tackle in a book. And we found... Uh, one publisher who agreed with us, <laughs> and we hope many in the audience feel this is a compelling story. We think yeah. it is.
0: Uh, is it going to be a lot of work, Travis?
1: <laughs> it is going to be a lot of. Th- this is the downside. It's going to be a lot of a lot of work.
0: I mean, the uh, upside obviously is fame and wealth. That's the upside.
1: Yeah, I don't know that wealth is really going to be. A, uh, <laughs> I mean, you always hope that that is a, a side effect of such a product. Yeah. Or, or a, it's a part of the uh, uh, the fallout of, of pouring your life into this. But most people that write books don't become wealthy off of them. And no. very few authors are... Uh, there's not many Michael Lewis's
0: out there. Are you concerned at all that your book, uh, your future book, The Makeover Machine... T- uh, with Ben Lindbergh, are you worried? Starring Ben Lindbergh. Are you worried that at some point, once it is published and sent to bookstores, that um, just based on the title, it will it will accidentally appear in the health and be- health and beauty section? <laughs> we want to
1: have a, as large of uh, appeal uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> appeal to as many demographics and uh, yeah. as we can. So uh, now, this is the title. We came up with, really, that Ben came up with. Uh, but the publisher reserves the right to call it whatever they want to.
0: Would you so, describe it as a provisional title?
1: I, would, it's, the, I think that's fair. So it could oh. very well change.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But you get that health and beauty crowd. When I was young, young enough that I, uh, I was a giant idiot, um, I had a t ball game that was rained out. And I was informed that it would be played on a Saturday or whatever. Uh, um, But in what I thought was a totally separate conversation, my grandmother kept talking about a makeup game. (laughs) um, And I did not understand that. Uh, I just imagined that it was people just putting on makeup all the time. And we were going to be playing a makeup game. Right. Yeah. Which, for a young, curious Carson DeStulie, was, uh, you know, was somewhat appealing. (laughs) Were
1: you enthused by the prospect of this makeup game?
0: Try anything once, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. that's fair.
0: uh, No, but I didn't really understand it, and I didn't understand. um, It seemed seemed silly to me, and I didn't necessarily want to do it. Um, But uh, yeah, but so that that was an example of a misunderstanding that a child can have, basically.
1: Uh. Yeah, you have to be... Title creation is important, right? That's the the first decision point of what, whether someone's going to read this or not is by mm-hmm. the title. So you want to not alienate uh, your core audience. You want them to understand what this book is about. But you also want to appeal to the, uh, the businessman at the airport bookstore who's bored, looking to kill some time, and something that might applied to something beyond baseball. So, uh, yeah, we we feel this title accomplishes that goal, but we'll have to see if it be, it'll be interesting to see if this sticks as the book title. In my first work of nonfiction, <laughs> my original title was not chosen. It was discarded in favor of another title by the, that the editor chose, Big Data Baseball. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll let you know. I, I will keep you more plugged in. <laughs> the developments. What was your? Project. Can you
0: share the original title of your, of that book? Spinning. It wasn't gold. computers dot fart, gold. Was it? Computer dot fart <laughs> dot baseball.
1: It, it was not. Okay. Uh, uh, but hey, that <laughs> maybe it would have both sold more copies under that. Uh, uh, yeah. So that's a look inside the machine.
0: Did you share Did you share the title, or are you you're not allowed oh, to?
1: Oh, yeah, but the original title was spinning, or I shouldn't even say original title. The proposed provisional, title, the, the provisional, the provisional title. title was Spinning Gold. Uh, Ooh. Yeah. You know, playing oh, on the I pirates, to, cold, yeah. and then uh, a lot of the book was about how they used, uh, they used some analytical practices, like investing in pitch framing and defensive shifts, and some pitch design and pitch adoption to get more out of the players. And in that sense, there's a common theme between the two works. But this is a bottom-up-driven narrative, where that was more of a front-office-down story. Uh,
0: if you had to guess, which, which, uh, what sort of players in or teams do you think would be featured? Do you think J.D. Martinez would be featured? I mean, he's a candidate...
1: Uh, Part of the the challenge is getting people to agree to work with you. <laughs> yeah, could you imagine working with me on something? Mm. Uh, yeah, so that's part of the challenge. We have some people who have signed up. Uh, we have others. Uh, we are trying to compel to join us using whatever means necessary, <laughs> extortion, <laughs> uh, whatever means necessary. So, yeah, but a player like that would make sense to to have involved.
0: What about the uh, the New York Yankees' capacity to produce high-velocity arms uh, out of seemingly nothing? You, you ever noticed that? The Yankees are doing something, aren't they? They're, yeah. s- they're doing something.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they have all these high-velocity arms, and yet they don't really throw their fastball very often. They, as Jeff documented, they have the, kind of their own way of pitching. Uh, yeah, so if you can... Systematically create a competitive advantage, like increase spin rate, yeah, that could, that could be pretty big for you, or velocity. Uh, but what I find interesting about this story is a lot of this is not driven from front office down. A lot of these practices and ideas have been driven from the amateur level or outside the professional game, and now they're being adopted. Uh, so that, that theme is part of this, our story.
0: Like, like uh, sometimes a hitter will go to see Craig Wallenbach. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Is that the his guy, name, Craig
1: Wallenbach? Is it Wallenbrock or Wallenbrock? Craig, Craig Wallenbrock. Uh, yes, that, that's a great example.
0: Craig Wallenbrock and uh, Ray... Yeah, and he, his teaching Ray goes Van against
1: like a hundred years of traditional baseball coaching, instruction, and uh, now we're seeing more and more hitters buy into that idea. Launch become... A a common buzzword in the game, and yeah, it's it's interesting to us how quickly the game is changing. Uh, If you speak, if you speak with more and more players, seem to be uh, willing to challenge what they've been taught and extract more value out of themselves. And uh, without the, I don't want to give away our entire project, but yeah, this these are some of the core points we're going to be. Uh, arguing for and backing with evidence and anecdotes. So, yeah, come back you, to Barnes you, and Noble next spring, and hopefully <laughs> it'll be here.
0: You mentioned if it's uh, not,
1: something has gone terribly wrong.
0: <laughs> you mentioned spin rate, and I—I I have a question to ask you about that momentarily. But you, oh. um, more recently, that you mentioned uh, trying to get more out of yourself. Oh, I just went
1: accidentally muted you. Now I can hear you again. You Sorry. Ma-
0: no, it's fine. You mentioned, uh, y- uh, you mentioned. Uh, oh yeah, you mentioned spin rate, and I'm going to ask you a question about that momentarily. However, um, you m- m- even more recently than that you mentioned getting the most, how players uh, go about getting the most out of themselves. Great. I'm wondering uh, uh, if Travis Socek has devised any, any methods for getting the most out of himself.
1: Hmm. Uh, that's a good question. Uh, as we had a phone call last week where I was very concerned about workplace efficiency. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: <laughs> I I do try to now that I have, a, especially now that I have a, a son, and I have fatherly duties. Uh, my I try to be more efficient with my time, and
0: I also contribute to the athletic. So yeah, every uh, yeah, day I can tell. I can tell you're worried about that because today, today you took a walk and then had brunch. So you <laughs> re- today was relaxed. <laughs> today was relaxed. <laughs> Travis Zajac's—he's worried about using his time because he's got walks, walks to go on and brunches, uh, mind and body, Carson. Mind and body, <laughs> both must be finely tuned. Uh. You went to brunch on a Tuesday.
1: Well. My wife was off on Tuesday, yeah. uh, which is a rare occasion, and you know our son is in daycare, yeah. so we have this freebie. You know I'm not going to just sit away and slave for you at such an
0: opportunity. <laughs> well, it, I will say I'm happy then that you, that you exhibited a little backbone and you, you defied uh, your your draconian editor, and uh, and and it's something. It's like one of those things where uh, I have to say in that moment, Travis, you know, uh, do I like you? No. But do I respect you? Yeah. Yeah. The hell out of you. <laughs> yeah, I, I
1: was wondering when I, when I saw four missed calls from, from Carson, I mm-hmm. knew something was, was terribly upset, cursing and my I, name. That anger, yeah. that rage was that he'd done work so hard to bottle up. Uh,
0: well, I don't it's know. Going if back you to his Thrasher magazine days, <laughs> <laughs> it was reverting back. Uh, yeah, that's right. I did. I, yeah, maybe it was inspired by going through back through those Thrasher magazine issues. I uh, no, I, I don't know if you've heard the voice messages I left, but each each angrier than the next. I ran out of <laughs> I ran out of relatives of yours to curse. You know, if only uh, there were more because That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> More people I could, I could curse. Uh, and and no. to
1: be fair, we also yeah. suffered through a very long winter here in Northeast Ohio, yeah. and it's sixty-six and sunny out right now. Yeah, yeah. We're going on a damn walk, okay?
0: <laughs> Actually, did you going to walk
1: with your we, wife too? Well, we did Uh-oh. interval running. Uh, Ooh. Yeah. So we, it's mostly walking, but there were some bursts of actual running.
0: Yeah. Uh, are you training for anything, Travis? Or are you just trying to just trying to keep your your figure? I,
1: well, as the face of this project, it's, <laughs> it's very important that I keep my sex appeal,
0: Carson. <laughs> right? You. Well, I know you're trying to take advantage of any way of any way to sell the book. Is there is there any any point where for you exercise? And I don't know how much you exercise. I have no idea. This is the first I've heard about you. I mean, for my purposes, you could be like a. Uh, like a Krang-like character with just a brain and and that's it. But, uh, is there any point where, for you, exercise has transformed from something you do because you understand vaguely that it's healthy and also you enjoy it uh, to maybe another thing which is it's necessary so that your body doesn't decompose in front of your eyes?
1: Uh, yeah, it's probably like a mix of those two.
0: Uh, But no, has there been any any um, evolution? Oh, because you're you're getting older, Travis. Right to inform you. (laughs) Right. Uh, I
1: might have to pick up the intensity at some point. Uh, Luckily, but I I seem seem to have yeah, I seem to have reached an equilibrium. Uh, Calories in versus calories expended. Mm Hmm. Uh, Yeah, my playing weight is right in line with my career norm. Okay. (laughs) So. Uh, yeah, I'd go on about a three mile walk every day and i do it yeah that's good yeah, yeah I do it in part for exercise but also I, all these amazing posts I produce Carson so, <laughs>
0: a lot of them mm-hmm. are, are and where sorry where are you publishing those <laughs> <laughs> do we just get the seconds is that right
1: right I save my best work for ESPN Insider once a month uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so. No, you yeah, had so, a good week, of- Travis.
0: You actually, you, uh, you had uh, some, high, some highs and some lows. Well, since um, you,
1: you judge everything by total clicks, I guess some of those stories did well in your eyes.
0: No, well, no. You know that's not how I judge them. However, I will say this, and I don't think. And I don't. Uh, I have no compunction saying this. Is that what I mean? I have compunction I think I lack total compunction saying this. I have no problem saying what i 'm about to say, which is since Dave Cameron departed, right so it was a very convenient arrangement when Dave Cameron was around because I was responsible for editing things, but if an author submitted a post that um, with a premise that i under that I understood would not necessarily generate much traffic or with a title um that was long and unwieldy (laughs) and had multiple forms of punctuation. I didn't care. I just hit publish.
1: Wow. It's amazing what responsibility will do to a man.
0: Yeah, but that's the thing. Now, um, obviously I'm not single-handedly responsible for the health of the site. However, I do have a bit of a role where I'm responsible for ensuring that there's <clears throat> that the site in general, you know, rem- remains healthy. I have a role in that, right? And uh, I've realized that, for example, properly titling a post can affect the amount of eyes that come to it. And the whole point is, you start from the premise that the post itself is good, right? And you attempt to title it in such a way that you will essentially allow people to have this enjoyment. They don't know, they don't know how much pleasure they're going to derive from it. And and uh, so there is a there is a certain amount of uh, gravity in that role because you, you're giving what I'm I mean, essentially you're giving people an opportunity to read a post by Travis Sajic. Uh,
1: I I don't like to lavish you with much praise because I n- yeah. <laughs> know <laughs> I know that does your ego. Mm. But the, the Adovino title was excellent. Uh, I I wrote a post about how, in case you're unfamiliar out there listening, I wrote a post on Adam. Antovino and how he uh, built this new pitch using uh, technology and cameras in an unusual space, in a a a, a commercial space in Harlem that his father-in-law let him use. But I had a very bland title that I I stuck upon the story. I think it was something like where and how Antovino built this pitch. But but your title was, was wonderful uh, it was descriptive, and yet would allow for a certain amount of clickbait to, to occur. Uh, yeah. but it was it did not deceive the reader. Uh, it you engaged, have to be about and that. I and yeah. I know some people uh, praise the title and the sub and the subhead uh, on our social media platform. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to remember the what was the exact title again.
0: Uh, well, uh, something like Adam Adavino like rebuilt himself in a vacant. Storefront or a vacant Manhattan uh, yeah, yeah, storefront, yes, yeah, 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 that's right. Like that. So yeah. Yeah. so that's yeah. an
1: example of how a uh, a, a title can uh, you know intrigue to draw in someone to compel them to click if they were on the fence. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but I don't I don't believe that's the most important job of a, of an editor, but it, it is one of them. One of them. I think more important was another ex- another instance uh, last week where uh, there was a post I submitted that was, I think, trying to do two things instead of one well and was sort of disjointed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I felt that I'd sunk enough time in it where I just wanted to get it published. You I feel wanted like to be rid of it. <laughs> I wanted to be rid of it and felt like th- those hours had not been wasted. But I think you made a, a smart strategic plea uh, and, and used your veto powers to, uh, to wisely... Hold that post and have it rebuilt into something more more coherent
0: and uh, and honest. And well, you were attempting to, and I think that, um, in part, uh, it, this is fine to, to discuss uh, in a somewhat in a, in a moderately public fashion. I, I think actually this public this is not a public this is not a public arena. This this would be described by uh, by city planners, urban urban designers, as semi private. Um, This this podcast Um, in a nonprofit. Accidental. It's an accidental nonprofit. It's semi semi private. it's like your neighbors um,
1: looking at you in your backyard while you're while you're barbecuing, basically. Exactly. Listen to our conversation, right?
0: Well, a yard a yard (laughs) really is a semi private space, Um, or especially like a front like a front yard, like a front porch or something, because you still have the capacity to interact with. With people who pass by, uh, but you don't have to uh, leave your home to do it. Right. That's that's kind of ideal space. But you have content. You have written two posts within the past week about uh, spin rate and uh, well. Here, I'll just <laughs> I'll name some keywords: spin rate, Trevor Bauer, the possible. Uh, indications that certain uh, teams appear to be aiding uh, pitchers in acquiring greater spin rates, despite the fact that I think that it's generally it's a sort of an innate characteristic, or it's generally right. has been regarded as an innate characteristic. Um, and so, I think that one thing that with which you've been contending is how to. Uh, thread a needle of decency right yes. decency, integrity some, some other words
1: we're trying to preserve since we're working with
0: limited information
1: uh, being careful of labels that we attach to things
0: right, uh, Yes, but also attempting to at least ask some questions right, and also being journalistically responsible, where mm-hmm. hey, these,
1: these things are going on uh Maybe shouldn't. <laughs> what, what's happening kind of defies our understanding of how spin rate works yeah. uh, within the uh, within the rules of the game. So it, it is threading a needle of sorts. Uh, yeah. And you know, I'm sure everyone listening is aware that Trevor Bauer has been very vocal about the. Uh, he would like to see the game enforce pine tar, the rules about pine tar and other s- sticky, tacky substances, not that they ought not to be applied to balls because it's believed that they enhance grip and that enhances spin rate and we all... Uh, yeah, and a fastball with more spin generates more swing and uh, Or Bauer would like to see it all legalized so there's no competitive advantage and everyone uh, would have the same tools. And since it would probably be impossible to uh, police... I don't, would you swab pitchers' hands after every inning like they're going through airport security? I don't know. So, the more practical thing would probably be to just be uh, legalize all tacky substances on, on pitching hands. So, Bauer's been very vocal about that, and uh, he said he's proven in a lab setting that uh, top pine tar increases fastball spin by about 300 uh, RPMs, and then he may or may not have proven that in a game last Monday. Uh, He declined to comment but uh, it's rather uh, uh, conspicuous that his spin rate jumped in the first inning uh, and then declined to his normal level. It went from about 2,500 I think back to 2,200 uh, where his normal fastball spin rate is and he may or may not have been trying to prove a point that yes, there is a, a big effect that can be had by spin and we've seen some notable spin changers have a lot of success early this season uh, including Garrett Cole in Houston. Uh, the Astros are a team that has uh, enjoyed a spin-rate jump from a number of pitchers. Uh, they're not alone. So, yeah, it's a great...
0: But uh, I believe that they were the the focus of they the, were to, <laughs> Trevor Powers' wrath. <laughs> <would they?
1: laughs> uh there was a bit of a twiddle. There's some Twitter sparring going on between yeah. t- between Bauer and some Astros and uh, yeah. So that was in the news, and it's pretty. It's like the nerdiest Twitter war ever, maybe. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, think-
0: already already our ancestors would be disappointed that there was <laughs> that there was shit talking going on over over a thing called Twitter. The uh, the the men who built this country with their bare hands, <laughs> right, would would uh, would uh, be placing their head into those same calloused hands and shaking Indeed. them, and Indeed. then and then falling asleep after drinking heavily for hours. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: this is as close as we'll ever get. A, this is as close as we'll ever mm-hmm. be to getting our hands dirty. Talking about pine tar and pitching hands. Uh, yeah. So at least we have that going for us. But. Hey, you know
0: when, you know how you get your your hands dirty though, Travis? If you're interested, you go out and do some gardening. It's a great exercise. Oh, uh, I did quite a bit of yard
1: work actually over the weekend. Oh, what'd you do there? Yeah. Uh, we cut down a number of small trees, extracted some brush. I took down a, a gardening uh, flower bed. We didn't we we want to expand the lawn space a little bit, so I, I got my hands dirty this weekend.
0: Hey, you don't, if you check to make sure you don't have any Japanese knotweed? Uh, I have not. I might need to look at what that is. I mean, you'd know. I'll show you what it would look like right now. This is exactly this time of year. I'm going to send this via our recording, being our recording application here. You see that image I just sent you, Travis? Do you have access to that? Uh, No. Oh, wait. No. Yes. yes, I see yeah, you it. Do. I see it. I see yeah, you do. Oh. You see that?
1: Uh, yeah, we don't have any of that.
0: Good. Uh, yeah. Japanese knotweed is uh, horrific stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's, uh, it'll, it comes up out of the. It, it can grow anywhere. It's everywhere. It's like pine tar
1: in baseball. It's everywhere. Yeah. And try yeah. to eradicate but, no, it. It's do, you, difficult. do you see it
0: around your town? I don't think so.
1: Hmm. No, we had a fungus issue on one plant, so we had to one one tree, one small tree. So we had to, uh, we, had to ex- we had to extract the tree.
0: You also uh, don't you uh, don't you also have problems uh, with in the lake? Aren't there various like snails and mussels? Isn't that something that happens?
1: Right, there's uh, well, there's an invasive species because yeah. ocean-going ships. Uh, you know this has been going on for decades. They empty their ballast into the lake, and mm-hmm. I guess you know they they have ocean creatures in the ballast tank, and then they infect i guess i don 't know if these are brackish creatures that can survive in fresh water or, or what not, but like zebra mussels are a product I believe of those uh, of a foreign species invasive one being put into our beautiful lake and, and causing havoc yeah. You ever seen one of those types? Of, what is it? What type of muscle is it called? A zebra mussel. I think there's oh, a couple you ever varieties. Seen one? Uh, I Personally, know. I think I've seen some of their shells. Do they have shells? I think they do. Yeah, that uh, sounds
0: right. Sounds like something they would do.
1: Oh, but I, I wasn't done praising you though. Yeah, wasn't uh. <laughs> done because I, I want to. But the whole spin rate stuff, we still don't really understand all of it. Maybe some people are have found ways to improve their spin rate without a substance. Uh, some of it's tied to velocity, like Charlie Morton said, a velocity spike, so we should have a spin rate spike. Uh, maybe there's ways of uh, creating more gyro spin, which is different than backspin. That will allow you to keep uh, enhanced spin without uh, increasing velocity. So I don't think we know enough to just be like, aha, we've unearthed cheaters. But I do think we should ask questions and be like, this might be suspicious behavior or yes adding pine tar does make a huge difference i think it's worth having the conversation uh because during for instance the steroid era i don't think enough conversation was going on uh, about what exactly was happening and i know there's some debate about the actual effects of that on offensive numbers mm-hmm. but i think even the journalists who were covering the game then lament not writing or asking enough questions about it And this is not quite the same thing, but I do think if we notice something, it's our job to take a look at it as best we can.
0: Well, I'll point out, um, because I don't think that you should have to, especially uh, because you've worked as a writer. So I'll say something, and and you do not have to comment on it, right? Okay. However, there is, you know, you talk about the incentive both of the player or the team and then the incentive of the baseball writer, right? Unless baseball writers, for whatever are not necessarily incentivized to unearth uh, the nefarious um, behavior of of the players, especially those players, or in particular those players with whom they are compelled to work you know side by side basically right now, I'm not, now when I say nefarious behavior, I do not mean. things that are illegal um, for civilians, right? I'm talking about illegal within the game. Right. Um, And uh, I guess what are essentially victimless sports crimes. Uh, Because I, I, I guess except for whatever the health complications might be that are associated with use of steroids, for example, like there's not really anyone, at least that don't Observed that there would be anyone getting hurt in that situation. Uh, <clears throat> so, re, so unearthing it or or making uh, making anything except a thoroughly documented accusation of a player, like you covered the pirates. If you were to if you were to write something about a player on the pirates that essentially accused him of, of cheating, like you would have to make sure it was it was thoroughly documented and you could also make an argument that like the schedule of the beat reporter alone would be enough to really prevent you from, from pursuing any, ki- any kind of um, deep investigative story is yeah. any, would you say you don't have, again you don't have to elaborate on this if, if, if it because uh, I'm not looking this is not gotcha journalism <laughs> I, I, I also do not con- conduct, conduct that sort of thing But does it make sense, at least what I'm saying? It does, and uh, there's. it's
1: difficult to be both an investigative reporter and a beat reporter in baseball, because if you're a beat guy, you are in the clubhouse before and after 162 games. You depend on relationships with players and coaches to to do your job. (laughs) So if you accuse someone of, of cheating, you could make your life difficult for yourself. So in that sense, speed writers are not incentivized at all to cause trouble within the, right. the clubhouse they cover. But that sort of also works against then the, some of the very basic tenets and principles of journalism, where you're supposed to be looking for the truth behind stories and people. Uh, so it's kind of a, a conflict there, which is why... Uh, Back when newspapers existed, (laughs) they would would have investigative branches that if there's a big story uh, of uh, nefarious activity going on, say within a baseball club or elsewhere, they would have separate reporters do the reporting and investigating to take the onus off the beat reporter. That that was often the case, not in all cases.
0: Uh, Without uh, Again, without any obligation to elaborate on it, were there ever times when you were when you were were there ever times when you worked as a bee reporter or now I guess but well let's say let's look at the past when you were conflicted were there ever a situation where you felt as if you had pushed something you you might have uh, if if you were to to have pursued a line of inquiry an investigation that you you feel as though you would have found something but you had you lacked either the time or inclination or incentive to pursue it? Uh,
1: there have been uh, times of... Uh, yeah, I felt conflicted on certain stories, I, I believe. I think I've, I would have to go back and think about this in greater detail. Uh, I don't think I... Un- I was on the brink of uncovering any huge uh, scandal at any point mm-hmm. in my career. Uh, but yeah, there, I felt this conflict at times. And even writing about spin rate stuff, I, I know some of the people involved so uh, yeah you have to be you
0: have well, to, you be happen to be i uh, conveniently I guess uh, you happen to be a bit at the uh, epicenter of this most recent story regarding Trevor Bauer because you are a resident of the the greater Cleveland area yes mm. <clears throat> so uh, that I mean it was convenient and uh uh, I suppose uh, somewhat interesting, because he did... Uh, you've, I think that you've worded it carefully um, in both... in The two times you've mentioned it, the two posts you mentioned it, but you essentially pointed to the distinct possibility, uh, but not certainty, that Trevor Bauer conducted an experiment uh, in the first inning of his start last Monday. And uh, I think you made a point to the effect that... Uh, you know, if he were going I mean it's almost the O. J. Simpson uh packaging where it's like, if if I had done it, this is how I would have done it. And I believe I mean correct me if I'm wrong, but Bauer essentially went that far, saying, if I had done it, this is what it would look like. Um but then when pressed further he said no comment. I I know he he said no comment. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. uh, That's fair. And even uh, Bauer faces conflicts where he's breaking probably a number of unwritten rules in baseball where you don't talk about this stuff out loud. But on the other hand, someone, if this is really a widespread issue and it has as much effect on performance as it does, someone probably should blow the whistle. Uh, Someone who has a large enough whistle. So even a player like that faces... A conflict. You know uh, who'd write a story like that?
0: Ben Lindbergh, that guy. <laughs> what that. a hero as a writer! Yes, excellent writer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you have like? Um, do you have like compromising information? with, rego- I mean, about Ben. Is that why he <laughs> agreed to do this with you?
1: Uh, have you have you no. utilized
0: your your journalistic chops? Uh, simply to to have to, to blackmail your colleagues. Uh, just, uh, just, just 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 uh, just laugh, just laugh nervously if if so. <laughs> now that was more like that was more of a sinister laugh. Uh, yeah, well, yeah 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 yeah. Uh, but
1: maybe that was a proper laugh. Uh, oh no, okay. thank you. Uh, Oh, was I he
0: asking if you was he asking if you'd like to shut up No, he actually had a
1: sample of uh, some sort of cake yeah i'm not sure yeah <laughs> maybe that maybe that was his way of asking me to shut up
0: yeah it's the midwestern way of saying <laughs> shut up would you like some cake for your cake hole, sir instead of using it to talk hey uh, travis i 'm pleased and I, I only because I assume you'll be pleased uh, to inform you that. It, um, your obligation to the to the program is is com- is complete because uh, um, you and I have to record another quick podcast as well about the Toronto Blue Jays we too yeah
1: and uh, yeah hey maybe you'd like to ask Pat Lundberg to do that podcast with you <laughs> i should do that
0: i'm looking looking to spread around that, that particular burden um uh, but yeah, uh,
1: but, but yeah. Now, uh, so, now I so know what the bassist feels like every time the band's on tour. No one, no one gives a shit. No one gives a shit about the bassist.
0: <laughs> are you the bassist in this book? <laughs> Apparently. But if you, but if the bassist weren't there, you know, then then the song would sound like shit.
1: Right. I think the bassist's contribution, while unheralded, are key. Yeah.
0: yeah. You know, uh, Kim Deal, Kim Deal, great bassist for the Pixies.
1: Is this one of your uh, punk
0: bands? Yeah, sorta. I'd say uh, pop pop punk, maybe is what I'd say. Okay, I'll turn. I know the Pixies a little bit. Yeah, you do. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I I was in a band that did a little. We did a little bit of Pixie covering. Oh, at University of Massachusetts, you know, I mean, just the just the.
1: You have a whole life I'm not even aware of. Well, we'll really get into it.
0: We'll really Uh, get into it someday. Hey, but in the meantime, allow me to say thank you, Travis Sochik.
1: Thank you, Carson. Pleasure. Yeah,
0: That has been Travis Sochik reporting from uh, the front lines of, what, Crocker Park? (laughs) (laughs) Live
1: from Dateline, Crocker Park. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, Dateline, Westlake, Ohio. Okay, all right.
0: Uh, I'm Carson Sestouli, and this has been Fangraphs Audio.